Canaan, said to them, Go up this way into the south and go to the mountains and see what the land is like, whether the people who dwell in it are strong or weak, whether they be few or many, whether the land they dwell in is a good or bad, whether the cities they inhabit are like camps or strongholds, whether the land is rich or poor, whether there are forests there or not. Be of good courage. Bring some of the fruit of the land. Now the time was the season of the first ripe grapes. And they went up and spied out the land from the wilderness of Zan as far as Rehob, near the entrance of Hamath. And they went up through the south and came to Hebron, Mahaman, Shia, and Talmia. And descendants of Anak were there. Now Hebron was built seven years before Zoan in Egypt. And then they came to the valley of Eshcol. And there cut down a branch with one cluster of grapes and carried it between two, uh, between two of them on a pole. And they also brought some of the pomegranates and figs. The place was called the Valley of Eshcol because the cluster which the men of Israel cut down there. And they returned from spying out the land after 40 days. They departed and came back to Moses and Aaron and all the congregation of the children of Israel in the wilderness of Paran at Kadesh and brought back the word to them and to all the congregation and showed them the fruit of the land. And then they told him and said, We went to the land where you sent us. And it truly flows with milk and honey, and this is its fruit. Nevertheless, the people who dwell in the land are strong. The cities are fortified and very large. <coughs> Moreover, we saw the descendants of Anak there. The Amalekites dwell in the land in the south, the south, the Hittites, the Jebusites, and the Amorites dwell in the mountains. The Canaanites dwell by the sea and along the banks of the Jordan. Then Caleb quieted the people before Moses and said, Let us go up at once and take possession, for we are well able to overcome it. But the men who had gone up with him said, We are not able to go up against the people, <coughs> for they are strong, stronger than we. And they gave the children of Israel a bad report of the land which they, which they spied out, saying, the land through which we have gone as spies is a land that devours its inhabitants. And all the people whom we saw in it are men of great stature. There we saw the giants, the descendants of Anak, came from the giants. And we were like grasshoppers in our own sight, and so we were in their sight. Giants, be gone. Just as a little recap this morning, or tonight, this morning we told you that we live in one of the greatest nations that I believe that is on the face of the earth, and that's America. And one of the reasons I believe that is because we're a free nation. We live in a wonderful country of freedom. But if you look around, if you look at the television, or you look around society today, you understand that the enemy has stolen some of our freedoms today. Morality has been stolen and integrity is, is being stolen. And it's on the, on the decline and what, and what some would call freedom is actually a life of excess never intended or never imagined by our founding fathers. And, and I told you this morning that you and I as God's people, you and I as Christian people, it's time that we stand up and take back what the enemy has stolen. We take back the things that the enemy has came in and robbed from us, whether it be morals or our self-esteem or whether it be our children and our schools and all, all of those things. And all, you could put all kinds of things along with that. We know that Psalms 107 tells us to give thanks unto the Lord, for he is good. 
The Bible tells us that his mercy endures forever. It goes on to say, let the redeemed of the Lord say so. And I would venture out to say that we have people in the house tonight that are the redeemed of the Lord. And it's time for you and I to stand up and say so, that we are the redeemed. I want to tell you, there's nothing wrong with trying to, and i got to be careful how I say this, that there's nothing wrong with, with trying to fit in. But if you're trying to fit in to the point where you look like the world and not of God, then you're doing it the wrong way. Are you understanding me? There's nothing wrong with having friends that are sinners. There's nothing wrong with having, having associates that, that's not living for the Lord. But the reason that you have those associates and the reason that you have those friends is simply that you can live a life in front of them that tells about Jesus Christ and the love of Jesus Christ. Amen. And we've got to be a testimony tonight. And if we're not careful, we're living in a day to where morality and, and integrity and character all around us is being robbed from us. I mean, it, it, they can put anything they want to on television, it seems like, anymore, and it's okay. But allow the, child, the children of God to stand up and want to have a, a, a movie to come to town or have a Christian uh, broadcast, broadcast amongst our television set and then we've got a problem. It's time for you and I to arise tonight and take a place where God has us to take the place. And that is to regain what God has blessed us with. Amen? Amen. So we know that we, have, we are the redeemed of the Lord. And we need to stand up and say so. And we need to take back those things that are rightfully ours. Whatever goals you may have tonight. Whatever visions you may have tonight. Whatever dreams you may have tonight. You've got to realize and understand that you cannot obtain that vision and that dream all by yourself. You can make a good attempt at it. You can do whatever God has placed in your hands and possessions to do. But you've got to understand that you've got to have the power of Almighty God on your, on your working on your behalf in order to accomplish the vision. This church, we cannot grow deeper in 2014 unless we have the power of Almighty God in every area, in every ministry, in every circumstance of our life. We need God's power, His power source to be hooked up to ours in order to accomplish the things that God would have us to accomplish. But you got to understand that you can also expect that when those things happen and we begin to see the salvation of the Lord come to pass, and we begin to see some of our dreams fulfilled. That giants will come up. Giants will take their place. Because they do not want you to live out your destiny tonight. Amen. They don't want you to fulfill your dream. Giants is going to appear. But you've got to never focus and never concentrate on the giants. The thing that gets your attention is going to eventually get you. As we said this morning. Do not allow a giant in your life to overtake you. Don't allow a, a giant to come in and rob you of your freedom tonight. Don't allow a giant to come in and rob you of your sanity tonight. Don't allow a giant to come in and rob your family tonight. Take a place and stand up and say, devil, it's not going to be yours. I'm going forward in Jesus Christ. Amen. And we got to face the enemy. The Bible tells us in Romans chapter 8 verse 37. Nay, and all these things were more than conquerors through him that loved us. I'm not going to take the time tonight, but I read you earlier in that scripture, in that portion, that Paul was saying there's neither height, there's death, nor any other thing that's going to be able to separate me from the love of Christ. And we've got to understand that man was, was created to be blessed tonight, according to Genesis. We were created to God, for God to bless us and for God to give us the best. 
That we were created to be the recipient of life and health and joy and all of these things. You say, well, Pastor, that sort of sounds conceited. And it sort of sounds like you've, you, you just want everything. Well, I just want what God wants me to have. How about you? We were not created to sin. We were not created to cheat. We were not created to violate our bodies. We were not created for any of those things. We were simply created to worship God and worship God Almighty. That's what we were created to do. And we need to do that every opportunity that we get a chance. What that means is, is we don't just need to wait on Sunday morning and worship Him. We don't need to wait until we come to the house of God on Sunday night and give Him praise. But we need to give Him praise every day of the week. Every moment that you wake, you need to give Him praise. You need to live your life in obedience to the Father. Amen? Hallelujah. you got to understand that Jesus intended the children of Israel... And you know this story, but he intended for the children of Israel to inhabit a land of milk and honey. Not only did he, in, he intended for them to inhabit a land of milk and honey, I believe that God has a plan for your life as well. I believe that God has a plan for your individual life. Not only your family, but you as an individual. I believe that God wants you to inhabit a land of milk and honey. I want you to turn with me in Joshua. I don't think I gave this to you guys, but I want you to turn with me in Joshua chapter 24. I want to read something to you tonight that came to me this afternoon. Joshua chapter 24. Look with me, if you will, in verse number 12. The Bible says, I sent the hornet before you, which drove them out from before you, and also the two kings of the Amorites, but not with your sword or with your bow. In other words, what God is here telling the children of Israel, I'm sending you into this land. There's fortified cities there. There's places, there's wells that's already been dug there. You're not going to have to do anything. I'm going to drive out the enemy ahead of you. Now this ought to make somebody shout tonight because you've got to understand that God is on your side. He's working on your behalf. He's working even though you may not think he's working. He's working on your behalf. Look with me in verse number 14. Now therefore fear the Lord Serve him in sincerity and in truth and put away the gods which your fathers served on the other side of the river and in Egypt and serve the Lord. Can I stop here long enough to let somebody know if you're serving somebody else other than God, then put away your foolish gods. They ain't doing you no good. They didn't bring you out of Egypt. It was God the Father. It was God Jehovah that brought you out of Egypt. And it's going to be God Jehovah that's going to bring you into the promised land. Hallelujah. Pastor, I ain't serving no little God. I don't have no Molech in my house. I don't have no little Baal in my house. Well, your God could be something else. Your God could be finance tonight. Your God could be television tonight. Your God could be the cell phone tonight. What? Oh, yeah. Your God could be a lot of little things tonight. And so the Joshua here says, serve the Lord. And if it seem evil for you to serve the Lord, then choose for yourselves this day whom you will serve, whether the gods which your father served or were on the other side of the river or the gods of the Amorites in whose land you dwell. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I believe that God is working on our behalf tonight. How about you? God is working on our behalf. There's going to be cities that we do not have to build. There's going to be houses that we did not have to build. There's going to be wells that we did not have to dig that we're able to still drink out of and still live in those houses. And God says, I've got it all laid up for you. And I told you this morning that God had an assignment. God had an assignment. 
The assignment was very simple. He told these 12 spies, I want you to go. And I want you to go into the land. And I want you to, I want you to look and see if that land is good. I want you to look and see if the land is bad. I want you to see what kind of people are there. See if they be big people or little people. I want you to see if they live in tents. I want you to see if they live in those strong fortified cities. I want you to bring back some of the fruit of that land. I just want you to go and bring back a report so we can understand what we need to do. Now, I told you this morning that we, we called those 10, those ten spies the, that came back and brought a bad report. We called them losers because they really were losers. Because they went into the land, and I'm not going to go what I went into this morning, but they went in there, Brother Larry, and they, and they saw the land flowing with milk and honey. They saw the great guys and men and women that was there. They saw the fortified cities, and they came back, and they, they gave a report and said, Oh, yeah, it's everything just like you said, Moses. I mean, it's everything just like God said. I mean, there's a land that's flowing with milk and honey. It's everything that they said. I mean, there's, there's grapes. I mean, matter of fact, look at this cluster of grapes that we brought back on a pole. Two guys is having to carry this cluster of grapes. I don't know about you, but you can go down to Walmart right now, and 3 or $4, you can get a little, little cluster of green or red grapes but this cluster of grapes was big two guys had to carry it on a pole big big you numb you what is that word uh enormous yeah thank you gigantic big grapes these are big big grapes and they said they're everything like you said it was but they went on to say nevertheless we ain't gonna be able to take it Nevertheless, we're not going to be able to go in and possess what God says we can possess. Now, I don't know about you, but I can just see Caleb and Joshua standing over there was getting upset. Their patience was being just, I mean, just being tried because they saw the same things. They saw exactly the same things. And they interrupted and said, wait just a minute. My Bible says and your Bible says, let's go up and possess the land. God says he's going to give it to us. So what are we waiting for? Let's get over there. I've saw the grapes. Let's get over in that land flowing with milk and honey. I've tasted the grapes. That was the report they brought back. We saw the beautiful cities. We saw all those other things. But nevertheless, the ten loser says, there is no way we're going to get over there and defeat this great uh, army. There's no way we're going we're to get through that great fortified city. There's no way we're going to possess the land. But Joshua and Caleb stood up and said, oh, yeah, we can. God said it, and if God said it, it's so. And all we've got to do is allow our faith to arise and go forward to obtain what God has got to give us. Now, I want to stop here long enough just to let you know this, if I didn't tell you this morning. I believe with all of my heart God's got some great things in store for you. And no doubt God has spoke things in your life that nobody else may know about. And God is doing some things in your life that maybe nobody else knows about. Let me encourage you tonight. Keep on keeping on. Amen. Keep on keeping on. Do not allow the giants of fear don't allow the giants of doubt. Don't allow the, the giants of rejection. Don't allow the giant that, of defeat to come up and overtake you. Understand as Joshua and Caleb, God said it's going to be. I may not know when it's going to happen. I may not know how it's going to happen. But God said it's going to happen. And by faith, I receive it. Hallelujah. By faith, I receive it. The Bible says finally, after all the report and all that kind of stuff was, was given out, the Bible says in verse 30 that Caleb stood up and he stilled the people. He stilled the people. And then he said, let's go. 
Let's go. Let us go and possess the land. For we are well able to overcome. Now, here's the thing that Caleb understood. In his own strength, in his own strength, he understood he couldn't do it by himself. In his own ability, he understood that there was no way he could go over and defeat those big giants. In his own ability, in his own strength, there was no way that even if Joshua came up and, and joined with him, and he was Joshua's on his side, that those two was even able to accomplish what God said. But they understood, Brother Adam, that it was not just them two. It was God and the host of heaven that was on their side. Hallelujah. How many remembers a little story in the Bible about the mulberry bushes and the wind blowing through the mulberry bushes? You remember that? They didn't think they was going to accomplish that, that battle either. But God sent a little wind. Can I tell you, it may not take much, but God can send a little wind upon your battle, upon your fight tonight, and destroy the enemy. And you don't even have to raise the sword tonight. Hallelujah. 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 See, there's so many times we feel like we're gonna, we've got to fight it ourselves in our own strength. We've got to fight it in our own intellect. Oh, it's not going to get done unless I do this or I do this. Can I tell you, it's high time for us just to step back a little bit and say, God, go get him. So many times we want to run after it ourselves, but it's time we've got to step back and say, God, you go get him. I need to let you fight my battle for me anyway. We love to fight. Church folk love to fight. It's the truth, you know it. Man, we love to fight. We love, we love to get all that stuff, get going. We love to get it going, and we'll drop the hat to get it going. But there's many times if we're fighting a battle, that the enemy is just he's, just, he's just walking all over us. But God said, look, the battle's not yours. It's mine. Let it go. The battle's not yours. Let it go. Luke 1, says, For with God nothing shall be impossible. Now here's the problem was. Here, this is where the problem came in. And we ended with this this morning. The problem is it's not a question of our ability. But God's ability. Who do we choose to believe? Is God able to perform what he said he was going to perform, or is he not? I ask you this morning, how big is your God? You say, Pastor, we, we serve the same God. I mean, how big? My, mine's huge. Mine's big. I understand that there's no problem too big that my God can't handle. How about you? But the question is, for, any, for, for us as individuals, how big is our God tonight? What are we, what are we uh, going to allow our God to accomplish in our life that you and I can't accomplish? How big is our God? You see, they were on a God-sent mission, and so are you and I tonight. God sent them, and God is sending us tonight. you got to remember that fact. When God sends you, he will stand with you even when you're under the midst of the enemy's territory. And all you can see is the enemy. You've got to still understand that it's God on my side, and there ain't nothing that's going to stop me if God is there. See, when your business deal defaults, when doubt soars, when faith seems small, when gossip seems to run away, when friends seem to fail, when rejection revives, when giants roar, you've got to remember who sent you. You've got to remember when the enemy is messing with you, he ain't just messing with you, but he's messing with the God of God and the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. He's messing with somebody stronger than he is tonight. Hallelujah. And I've just got to understand, I've got to tell myself every day, look, look, devil, I ain't fighting this battle by myself. You know what I'm talking about. Let's just get real tonight. There's some battles we face that's just too tough for us to fight. 
There's some battles we face that I cannot win. I know it going in. I can't win. I can't win. There's some things that I find myself involved in that unless God shows up, nothing is going to get accomplished. But we have to allow the Lord. We have to allow the Lord to take, to take hold of our life. And, and, and we have to tell ourselves that when the enemy messes with us, it's not just us he's messing with. He's messing with the one who sent us. Amen. Whatever that goal may be. Whatever that vision may be. Whatever that promise may be. Whatever that, whatever that land of, of plenty. Whatever that land of milk and honey. Whatever that land of promise may be in your life tonight. you got to understand that when you go out to possess it, giants will get your attention. Giants will come and they'll try to persuade you not to go that direction or go this direction. But you got to remember when you concentrate on something, you're giving it the power for it to grow in your mind. So do not concentrate on the giants. Don't concentrate on being defeated. Concentrate that God is the God is over your life and he's leading you in the direction that you need to go tonight. Amen. Hallelujah. See, the giants are only another signal along the way. Just to let you know that you're on the right path. Hallelujah. Those giants are just, is just there to let you know, hey, I must be doing something right. How many of you feel like every week that you got the devil after you? Raise your hand. I mean, seriously. Well, give God praise tonight because you're on the right path. Come on, give him praise tonight. You're on the right path if you feel like the enemy's after you. Why do you say that, Pastor? Because he wouldn't be bothering you if you was doing what he wants you to do. Oh, yeah. But if I'm not following after him and I'm following the Lord, then the enemy ain't going to like it. And he's going to try to defeat me. He's going to try to stir me out along the way. He's going to try to reject me and let fear and doubt and all of those things. But as long as that's going on, Sister Mavis, hallelujah, God's on my side and we will be victorious. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. See, it's time we see those walled cities. It's time we see those giants. It's, it, it, we we, we got to look at the land of promise. We gotta, it's time for us to see them gone. It's time for us to see the giants gone. Mike Murdoch, one time he said this. He said, understanding is the ability to see something as God sees it. Seeing a picture or a person as God sees the person. Seeing a circumstance as God sees the circumstance. I don't know about you, but many times in my prayer life, I pray this prayer. God, open my eyes. And what I mean by that is God, let me see how you see. Let me look at people how you see people. Let me look at the mountain here how you see the mountain. Let me look at the battle like you see the battle. Because, you know, I, I, I see things sometimes eye level. And sometimes it can get confusing at eye level. But my God, in that you serve and I serve, he sees from a bird's eye view. And he's understanding that it may be hot right now. And you, it may be a hard climb up the battle. But he's got a ram on the other side. He's preparing a ram in the bush so that you can prepare sacrifice. Hallelujah. And give you a way out. Amen. I love this thing right here. God considered the report of the losers and called it evil. Because they had compared themselves with the giants. But Joshua and Caleb compared the giants with God. <laughs> and when you compare the giants with God, it ain't no comparison. Because God is bigger than the giants. And so we got to bring our giant. If we have a giant in our life tonight, we've got to bring that giant down to size. And understand it's God on our side. It's time for us to say, I come in the name of the Lord. Not in my name, but I come in the name of the Lord. I'm reminded when I, when I, when I think about that of little David looking at big old giant Goliath. 
And he looked at him, Brother Roger, and said, Hey, 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 can you hear me up there? I mean, he's just a little fella. And David just started just spouting off. I mean, he got bold all of a sudden. He said, You come to me with spear and with sword. You come to me with everything you've got. You come to me with spear and with sword, but I'm coming to you in the name of the Lord. And my God, who delivered me back there in the desert somewhere, is the same God that's going to deliver me and give you, my, give you your head to me. That didn't come out just right, but you don't get the point. <laughs> and you know, the, you know the story. Israel. Israel had victory that day over the Philistines. At age 40. Caleb had no fear of giants. I love this. 45 years later, at age 85, he still had no fear of giants. Anybody in the house that's 85 tonight? If you're 85 or older, raise your hand. We've got some young ones in the house. At 85, you can look back in Joshua chapter 14. Matter of fact, turn with me if you will. Joshua 14. I want to read a scripture to you. Joshua 14. Look with, look with me, Will, in verse number 6. The Bible says, Then the, the children of Judah came to Joshua and Gilgal, and Caleb the son of, of Jephaniah the Kiznite, and said to him, You know the word which the Lord said to, Mil- to Moses, the man of God, concerning you and me and, and Kadesh Barnea. Listen to these words. He said, I was 40 years old when Moses, the servant of God, sent me from Kadesh Barnea to spy out the land and, and brought back word to him as it was in my heart. Nevertheless, my brethren who went up with me made the heart of the people melt. But I wholly followed the Lord my God. And Moses swore on that day saying, Surely the land where your foot has trodden shall be your inheritance and your children's forever. Because you have wholly followed the Lord my God. And now behold, the Lord has kept me alive. And he said these 45 years, ever since the Lord spoke his, this word to Moses, while Israel wandered in the wilderness. And now here I am this day, 85 years old. And yet he said, I am as strong this day on the day that Moses... Moses sent me just as my strength was then. So now is my strength for war, both for going out and for coming in. Now, therefore, give me this mountain for which the Lord spoke in that day. For he was there and that the cities were great and fortified. It may be that the Lord will be with me and I shall be able to drive them out, says the Lord. Amen. Can I tell you basically what he says? He said, look, there ain't nothing changed in my life 45 years ago. I still feel the same as I did 45 years ago. I know I may look old. I know I may have wrinkles tonight. I know you may think I'm not able to go up and possess my mountain. I know you may feel like I'm not going to be able to go and overtake the people that's there or overtake the city. But I want to tell you the same God that was with me back then is the same God that's with me right now. Therefore, give me my mountain. Y'all ain't getting this. Oh, I know you've heard this story all your life, and so you don't got to shout real big. But I want to tell you, some of us are in this place tonight, and we have mountains in our life, and we feel like they can't be defeated. Well, yes, they can. The same God that told you 20 and 30 and 40 years back there is the same God tonight that says you're still able. You're still able to possess the land. And he said, give it, give it to me, give it to me, give it to me. Have you ever noticed that what you give attention to the obstacles of your life 
what you give attention to, those things tend to grow in your life. You ever notice that? Whether it be negative things, whether it be positive things, whatever it may be. Those things that you give attention to will tentatively grow in your life. These 10, these 10 losers that went in had a disease. If you want to write this disease down, but in case some of you have this, because you may need to go to the doctor and get it inspected. This disease was called grass hopperitis. Say it with me, grass hopperitis. Because in their mind, they says, look, we look like grasshoppers. We look like grasshoppers in their sight. There's no way we can go up and possess the land. There's no way we can take our mountain. There's no way we can have the land flowing with milk and honey. I'm just possessed with grasshopperitis. It's a deadly disease. And you've got to be careful that if you have it, you better go get checked out. But the only way you can get checked out with it is just come to an old-fashioned altar and ask God to get rid of it for you. Amen. I want the musicians to come if they will. We'll go close with this. You have the power tonight to release. Now hear me, church. You've got the power tonight to release or restrain what God wants to do in your life. I want to say that one more time. Some of you got your attention on these guys coming up, but listen to me. You have got the power in your life to release or to restrain what God desires to do in your life. We better be careful where we place the blame. In Luke chapter 13, verse 33, many of you remember this scripture. Jesus looked at Jerusalem one day, and Jesus said these words, How often would I have gathered thy children together, as a hen doth gather her brood under her wings, and you would not. What is he saying, Pastor? He loved that people. He loved his people. He said, Often I would have gathered you. Often I would have loved you. Often I would have I would gathered you under my wings and let you understand you can accomplish anything that you set your mind to. But you rejected me. You crucified me. You hung me on a cross. But often I would have gathered you. Often I would have gathered you. God has given us the power tonight to be a giant killer. Now you and I, we've got to decide, is it time, Lord, to take on the giants, or do we need to wait a little while? And I'm saying tonight, it's time for you and I to take on the giants. It's time to make our decision. God is not in control of your decisions tonight. You are. God's not in control of your decisions tonight. You are. Psalm 78 and 41 says, They tempted God and limited the Holy One of Israel. What does that mean? Simply means just what we said. You have the power. To either you have the power to release God to work on your on your behalf, or you've got the power to restrain God working on your behalf. We've got to encourage ourselves in the Lord often. Psalms 44 and 5 says, Through thee will we push down our enemies. Through thy name will we tread under them that rise up against us. I love 2 Corinthians 10 and 4 where it says, For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal. They're not carnal. But they're mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds, casting down imaginations, and every high thing that exalteth itself against the knowledge of God and bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of the Lord. Hallelujah. Every stronghold. 
the weapons that the enemy wants to shoot at you often. Can you understand? The power of Almighty God is more powerful than the enemy. He's more powerful than his weapons tonight. And mighty through God. How do you know that, Pastor? Go back and look with me in the Old Testament. Samson overcame with the jawbone of a donkey. Seemed like a strange thing to overcome, but he used it. And God helped him to overcome. David overcome with a sling, just a little bitty thing. But he overcome. Whatever method God wants to use, it is faith in God that makes it work. Luke 10 and 19 says, Behold, I give you power to tread on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy, and nothing shall by any means hurt you. To whom are these strengths given? Who does the Lord give these strengths to? It's you. It's me. He gives those things to us. And we can assuredly say tonight that God's blessed us. We can assuredly say tonight that God has blessed me. We can assuredly say that I'm walking in that blessing. I'm developing the gift that God has given me. I'm not a grasshopper tonight. I'm not a grasshopper. I'm not a failure tonight. I am a conqueror tonight. I'm a grape eater tonight. I'm a giant killer tonight. I am a child of God tonight. And I believe somewhere in the scriptures it says that all things are possible to them that believe. All things are possible. And so tonight, what do you see today? Do you see grapes of blessing? Or do you see giants of destruction? What things does God want you and desire for you to possess tonight? What things is going on in your life tonight that you feel like are just enormous? They're gigantic and it seems like you can't get over it, you can't get around seems like every time that you try to do Sister Mary, you, you come up inside a wall and you just hit it. And you don't know what to do. You've been struggling and struggling and struggling. Well, the question is, what are you focusing on? What are you paying most attention to? Because here's the thing, folks. There's sometimes we've got to take a step of faith. And there's times in our life that we have to forget about what the naysayers are saying. We, we, we have to forget about what, what popular opinion is. We have to forget about what, what the psychologists and, and the books and all those kind of things say about you got to do this here, you got to do this here at this time. Can I tell you that with one touch from God, all things are possible. All it takes is just one touch. Can I tell you that just, just one touch from the Lord makes everything better. And the giants in your life will subside. The giants in your life will leave. The giants in your life will diminish. There'll be no more. Because you've chosen to release the hand of Almighty God. Old, old story that we've talked about today. But the simple truth is, for us Americans tonight, and us church folk tonight, we read about it. We've listened to it. It's a great story. It makes a great message. Boy, we can preach it. I mean, boy, we can stir up folks with faith and all of that. But are we really paying attention of the giants in our life and allowing God to take over and to get rid of the giants for us? I don't, I don't want to stay here very long, but, but, but let me tell you this. So often and so many times, folks in church, I'm not talking about just this church. I'm talking about every church. There's so many times we love to wallow around in self-pity. We love to wallow around 
around our mountain. I mean, we just we love we just walk around it. Well, that's a mountain right there. I need to cross that mountain, but boy, I can't. I don't know how to get over it. And so we just walk. We just walk around it. It's almost like one of the one of the lions or or one of those caged animals, you know, that don't have nowhere to go, and they have this little little place in the in the pen, and they just walk around the outside of the pen or this or this little place. They just and they and they wear out a path, and their whole life is an existence of just walking around. And we've 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 got a path. We never look up because boy, we got our eyes fastened on the path. I mean, we're glued to the path. We've got to walk around the path because if we look up, we're afraid we'll get off the path, and that may scare us to death. And we walk around that path long. Did you understand that there's some of those animals that they can take the gates down? And they've done that so long, they'll continue to do it. I'm not an animal tonight. You're not an animal. I'm a child of God. And there's times I've got to quit walking around the mountain, and I've got to go up the mountain to possess it. Is it hard? Oh, yeah. Sometimes just climbing the mountain's tough. But God's on your side. Sometimes I don't like what's up there. But God's on our side. Abraham didn't like it when he got to the top of the mountain, did he? Got his son. And he had that knife. And he was getting ready, Brother Peterson, in his son's life. Because that's what God said to do. But by faith, by faith, he went up the mountain. Can you imagine the can you imagine the trip? Can you imagine the trip of this father, of this dad, knowing what was fixing to happen? That was a tough thing. Abby, she left Friday. She drove to Ball Knob all by herself without like a freak laying mom out. She's just driving to Ball Knob. That's her first little road trip. She's coming back tonight, and probably Karen's already freaked out right now, wondering, oh baby, oh my baby. And I'm probably doing the same thing when I get through preaching. Because you care about your children. You know what I'm talking about. And this dad, God says, give him to me. Sacrifice him to me. And right before, right before he plunged that knife into that boy, the angel of the Lord comes and says, stop. And all the while that was going on, God prepared the sacrifice. Over there in the bush. Tell you tonight, I don't know what you're going through tonight, but I know this I know my God is able to supply the sacrifice for you. I know God is able to give you answers tonight. I know God is able to give you exactly what you need tonight for those giants in your life to be gone. Would you stand with me tonight? Would you bow your heads and close your eyes? Father, we come before you tonight. We ask you, Lord, tonight that you would touch this people in this house tonight. Lord, you've tried to teach us today concerning giants and how many times we allow these giants to take hold, to wreak havoc in our life, in our family, our individual walk with you. There's times, oh God, we, we feel like we have a mountain there that we can't cross. It's too hard. We find ourselves just walking around and around and around and always meeting back at the same place. We're afraid of what the outcome will be. We're afraid to take that step of faith. We're afraid to look up off the trail because we'll get off track. God, I'm asking you tonight for every person in the house tonight 
God, that you'd give them that extra measure of faith to look up. Give them that extra measure of faith as you did, Caleb. And let them understand that they're well able to possess what you've promised. They're well able to possess the mountain. They're well able to take hold of the grapes. They're well able, oh God, to, to taste the land that's flowing with milk and honey. They're well able, oh God, to go over and receive the inheritance. Lord, I know we prayed for several people this morning that I pray and I pray and God, that they got touched and got delivered today. But it just could be that there's somebody else in the house tonight, God, that needs a giant defeated in their life. And I pray that you help them, oh God, tonight in Jesus' name. As they get ready to sing with all heads bowed and eyes closed. If you're here tonight and you say, Pastor, I've got some giants in my life. I need those giants gone. Would you just lift up your hand and put it right back down? Hold it up long enough. Thank you so much. I've got some giants. Thank you so much in my, in my life that I need gone tonight. I want to surrender my life. Put your hand up. Put it right back down very quickly. Hallelujah. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. There's several hands that went up all over the building. I want to invite this entire congregation to this altar tonight. Now, I know, church. Now, listen to me. I know it's easy to sit in the pew. I understand that. And if you're visiting tonight, I don't want to embarrass you by no means. But if you're not visiting, if you're a member of this church, I'm going to petition you. I'm going to ask you to get out of your seat. Get down to this altar and commit those things to the Lord tonight. Those of you that lifted up your hand, I want you to come along with these others. And I want us one more time to say, Lord, I surrender. I surrender to you. Take all these giants. Lord, remove them out of my life tonight in Jesus' name. Would you come tonight in Jesus' name? Would you come in Jesus' name and pour your heart out tonight as they sing to us tonight? Father, in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name, God, take care of all of them. In Jesus' name, Lord, we surrender it unto you tonight.